The Sunshine Patriot in a crisis shrinks from the service of their country. But winter is coming. Did you hear the call? Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your thoughts or convictions, you must be prepared for the hardships that come with the winter. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. Join Odin and Fear and answer. Hello, welcome to another episode of Winter's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. This is Deer. And uh, let's do some... Today we're going to talk about what it means to be masculine, to be a man. A real man. Yeah, in today's society, the terms get confusing because everybody wants to change the definition. So we're going to look at some classic definitions we're going to look at the traditional definitions uh we're going to use some art but before we do that let's talk about some of the new hope (laughs) you're just trying to get me to Mm. hey let's start off with an interesting one so uh, biden said that he meant no words and that uh they were going to protect ukraine and then today they just buckle and give up the I, most prosperous parts of Ukraine. I don't know why anybody is surprised. Oh, but I, I want to know what gives that motherfucker the right to give up part of another country that he doesn't own, that he's not president of. Like, I can understand, hey, we're not going to let them be in NATO because the United States has a lot of sway in NATO, you know, because we pay for most of it. But. To then sit here and say, we're not going to defend this particular part, and uh, we're basically going to hand it over to the Russians. Um, Excuse me? Who the fuck are you? Who gave you that fucking authority? I'll tell you. You're not going to like, well, you you don't care. You'll you'll find it amusing. But uh, exactly what they try to blame Trump for? Quid pro quo Joe. Because Joe's got power over there. Because between him and the oil company, they pretty much own the entire nation. Fair. I'll give you that. And tell tell me that's not a conflict of interest. And tell me that according to the Democrats, according to the leftist liberals and commie scumbags, that's enough to impeach a president for. Hell, according to half of the rhinos, it's, it's, you know. Like from my lovely state of Kentucky, Mick McBitch. Um, you you realize that they don't care. Uh, if this is not a wake up call for you to realize that they're, they're never going to give up power, they're literally playing fuck fuck chess with countries and people's lives. They don't own the Ukraine. I know that they have a lot of pull, but they don't. He doesn't have the right as president of the United States to hand over the sovereignty of another fucking country. Well, apparently we're wrong on that. Uh, we did it in Afghanistan and we're doing it in Ukraine now. So, uh, yeah, but OK, apparently. look, there, there is a difference. Uh, shut that phone. Well, no, no, I know what you're getting ready to say, but mind you for a second, though. Think about this. We helped set up a free, democratic, 
government in Afghanistan. And then because we wanted to pull out, and there are various reasons, if you listen to the Q-tards, it's to bring them back home so they can fight us on our home front, or it's to uh, destabilize so we can move it somewhere else or whatever. If you listen to actual reason, it's the fact he had to do one campaign promise to keep certain people happy. Well, the fact that is that we, we literally, and then we gave them money. We gave them another, what, $80 billion? You mean on top of the $95 billion yep. worth of infrastructure that they decided that they were going to send to China? And then, we, then he legitimized them, and they're actually sitting in the UN right now. So yeah. now that's that's a nation that we literally said, no. an ally, that we said we would help defend you, and then turned it over to people that want to kill us. But the the difference is, is that... One, we were an occupying force, and we decided to leave. Win, lose, withdraw, the responsibility is irrelevant. We were, we were there in, in, a, in a combat pose. We had troops on the ground. When we decided to withdraw, it doesn't matter what the other government thinks. No, no, no. Hold on, wait, wait. No, let me finish. And I disagree with it. But it is different to sit here and go, okay, we're taking our troops and going home with our tail between our legs in, you know, versus we don't have any troops in Ukraine, but yes, we we're going to give out sovereignty. No, we do not. We do. In fact, one of the re- something interesting happened yesterday. Yesterday, the Russia, uh, Russian government sent a ultimatum and note to the U.S. uh, embassy in Moscow telling them to cease their activities with NATO, both with Air Force and ground troops, where they were holding, uh, they were staging uh, war games. No, the United States doesn't have any troops there. The U.N. does. They're European troops that are stationed there. And... Because there were United States troops that were, it was specifically mentioned, U.S. troops. Because it's not just Ukraine. We're also in several other countries along that border in that area. And they were crossing over to do uh, what they call it, rapid response for for uh, high-speed readiness. Okay. I believe it was the term. One is a wartime situation. The other one is not. Listen to my point. We do not have the authority to, like, we see here pulled our troops out in Afghanistan, whatever fucking happened, happened. Essentially, in Ukraine, we're not there to defend. They're not part of NATO. You know, we're not there in a combat role to hold the country up. Does that make sense? the The difference is is that we we pulled out of Afghanistan and said, "Okay, we we helped you, we propped you up, and we're going home. Whatever happens, happens." And in the Ukraine, it is, we don't like Russia, so we're going to, we're going to, hold on, let me, let me figure out in my head, I know what I want to say, oh wait, yes I do, I, I know exactly. We don't get to sit here and say, we weren't here to prop you up, but because we're afraid of the Russians... We're going to hand over your sovereignty to another fucking country. You don't have that authority. 
They weren't in NATO to begin with. Hello? Oh, I thought you were still going. I was looking something up. (laughs) I get it to a point. I do. One's a military action, one isn't. However, shouldn't it interest people that the Shits and Giggles administration has decided to pull out of Afghanistan an ally, a part of the UN, somebody that we helped militarily, and then turn right around and do exactly what they accused Trump of? They're... Look, if it wasn't for double standards, they wouldn't have any fucking standards at all. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just flabbergasted by all the people going, oh, we're going to do the good thing. We're going to fight Russia. It's like, dude, you couldn't fight your way out of a soy latte. Like, fuck off. See, I don't (laughs) understand why Russia became this big, huge fucking bad guy that we got to deal with. Let's look at let's look at numbers right fucking now. All right. And then we can go on the purpose of this particular podcast. All right, let's look at the numbers. Russia has the same GDP for the entire nation as New York fucking state. All right, let that sink in. Yes, Russia has a large army, plenty of nuclear weapons. They they have double the number we do easily. Right, because we decided we were going to sign treaties and we actually destroyed ours and they didn't. All right, fine, whatever. But let's, let's wait, let's be fucking honest. Right? Before 2020 and COVID 19, Putin wanted this, the USSR back and reestablished. He needs it now. Right? Needs it because. COVID hit them hard, right? The lockdowns, the economy, all of this stuff, they are in a very weakened state. You know who's not fucking weakened? You know who's ready for fucking war? China. Guess who hates China? Almost as much as the United States does. And it's fucking Russia. Why the fuck are we picking fights with Russia? We should team up with Russia and fucking put China in its goddamn place. Hey, hey, you want to know why? You want to know why? I know. It's, he's it's owned simple. by fucking China. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's not that. Um, it, it's simpler than that, actually. Misdirection? You, no, if you take what is logical, what is reasonable, what is intelligent, what is what a mature, uh, <laughs> fully functioning adult would do, turn around and do it the exact opposite. And that is progressive leftism for you. <laughs> fair. Okay, fair. I'll, I'll give you that. But no, I mean, to be like, no. I think we got people in. Uh, what was it we were reading uh, in the United Kingdom? There are three hundred thousand people that are suffering heart conditions. But rather than put the blame where it belongs, they go, "It's from <clears throat> if post pandemic post pandemic stress, stress disorder." disorder. Oh my fucking god. I read that last week and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Let's I know, let's create a disease that sounds similar to PTSD. Similar but not quite, right? This way people will be afraid to criticize it and let's give it physical symptoms that are equal to every fucking thing that we know goes wrong with the vaccine. 
And we'll just make it a mental disorder so we don't have to focus on the vaccines. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings. And quite frankly, I hope you brought a condom because fuck them. I don't care. Yes, I stole that one from you, Odin. But here, you know, maybe we raised a generation of functioning adults that remembered what it meant to be an adult, what it meant to be, and in our case, what it meant to be men, what it meant to be to, to go through hard times and stand strong, how to actually reasonably deal with your, your emotions or any stress that has been put on you. You wouldn't have something like PTSD for a fucking pandemic. Maybe if you put the soy lattes down for a second and actually ate some red meat for a change, you wouldn't be a spineless fuck. But that's what they're doing. And the reason they're getting away with it is because for the last 15 years, we have literally programmed people to believe that a psychological disorder is the fault of everyone around you besides you. Well, we all spent the last however many decades telling people that everybody's opinion matters. Right, wrong, or indifferent. In an effort to be tolerant and be these little kumbaya fucking hippie jackasses where we sit here and we want to know everybody's opinion. Right is right is wrong is wrong. I don't give a fuck what your feelings say. Yeah, hold on. You know what's funny? They just did a study and found out that the the party <laughs> of tolerance and coexistence is almost 10 times as likely to hate you. For having a different opinion than the degenerate, evil, supremacist right. Yeah. It, it makes me funny because in their need to coexist and, and have everyone included, their need to judge every person's worth by their ability to climb a tree. Yeah. You know, the fish is fucked. He can't climb the tree. The monkey gets a automatic win. You got a cat, they can do it. Okay, they, they can do it, but they're better at other things. You got an elephant that just shoves a fucking tree in the ground. That's me, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, think about it. We're, we, they have literally, in order to make everyone belong, they have pushed it so nothing is special. Nothing is forbidden. Everything is... Everything is acceptable. Everything is resist. No, uh, so now that we've we've decided to bash a significant population, which is like most fucking Gen Zers, yeah, fuck them, and most men. Let's be honest, most people who call themselves male. If you don't call yourself a dude or a man, whatever fucking terminology you want to use then this podcast doesn't mean a whole lot of shit to you. However, if you think that you stand for something, if you proudly claim to be a male, and you were born a male, let's, let, let, let's be more specific, shall we? In the crazy world of today, right? Then you need to pay attention. If... You sit here and you strive to see a better world, then pay attention. Now, I'm not saying that if you act this way and act this way, that you will sit here and 
the world will be a better place. No, because the world is trash. I think we've effectively proven that. But you need to understand the cycle. But as a man, hell, as a, as a rational human being, but specifically as a man, your end goal should be to leave the world a better place for you having been in it. Yeah. So how do we do that, Odin? Well, give us your words of wisdom, oh blind one. Let let's let's figure out what exactly makes a man. Right. For a, a man to be a man, he there are certain things traditionally that and, and it varies, you know, you have the stoic thoughts uh the, the boisterous no, I mean, you have the stoic thoughts of wisdom, duty, sacrifice, honor, those types of things, right, that they go after. And those are easy, but I don't think necessarily that they fall into strictly a masculine or male category. So what makes a man? It is the ability to... It is the ability to sit here and suffer. For others. To defend. That which you believe. Now I know. That women are going to sit here. And get in an uproar and go. But women can sacrifice too. Women can suffer for what they believe in. And I agree with you. Yes but this podcast isn't about you. No no. But. And, and I agree that it is possible for a woman to do it. But let's be honest. <sighs> What's a good quote? I'm going to I'm going to use a good quote. Elijah Schaefer today made a quote on his podcast and it was like this. And and they were talking about gender issues too. Uh and uh he made an interesting quote. He said, "Now, I do not necessarily believe this, but I'm going to use the quote because it kind of gets the concept across." He says, "I believe that women should not be leaders, but they have the capability of being a leader. So a so when I translate that for uh, for the the sacrifice and the willingness to defend, a woman has those capabilities. But as a man, it is your job to make sure that she's she doesn't need to use them. Before anybody gets all up in arms and saying, well, I bet, you know, because this argument has been used against us, actually. I don't give a fuck. Uh, well, well, me specifically, if you remember. Yeah. There's a statement. It's like, I bet you believe that women shouldn't be in the military. It's like, I didn't say that. Women are just as capable of being warriors as men. Women are just as capable of being soldiers as men. But in a, in a family unit or as a man, your job is to make sure. One, one thing that is, it's just been in our nature since the beginning of time we're protectors it's our job to make sure they never have to yeah because if we're in a situation where your your significant other has to fight you fucked up somewhere well i think that really depends on the woman but i think the avoidance of that situation like if you tell my wife that she can't pick up a gun and stand shoulder to shoulder with me to freaking throw some I'm not rounds, stupid. <laughs> to throw some rounds down range Yo, that's not what I'm saying, though. I, I'm not. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but, kill me. <laughs> but, but there is a difference. But you know, there is the uh, 
as the man, you're supposed to be the front line first, the primary. And then, you know, if you need backup or if the women, you know, if you fall, the women step up, right? That type of thing. Or if you need backup, the woman can sit here and come next to you and, and fight with you. Right. But as a as a family unit, I mean, especially in any kind of nuclear family, your job as a man is to be a provider, and your job is to be a protector. Yes. And I know people think that's old fashioned, but look at what we have today. We have have people getting raped on the bus, murdered on a bus, and no one stood up because no one was a man. Yeah. You have situations where. Thugs are shooting kids in broad daylight, waiting for a bus, shooting a kid 18 times. You have grown people that think it's perfectly fine to run a vehicle through a crowded area. Yeah. The How many times have you watched a news report about a child who willfully misbehaves and the thought runs through your head, somebody should have whooped that kid's ass? Right? Is that a rhetorical question? No, because I know you ask it all the time. <laughs> Not necessarily ask it. I mean, how many times have we been in a conversation? I was like, you know, I bet that could have been avoided if his if their parents would just whoop their ass when they needed it. Discipline is something that is important. Having a strict code of conduct. We don't have that anymore. You are correct. We do not have that. You know, I I, uh, I was making a comment. Someone says, you just, you know, you just wish for the glory days. I was like, you know, in some regards, the Wild West was a wonderful place because everybody was a lot more polite to each other because an armed society is a polite society and there were instantaneous consequences for you stepping outside the acceptable behavior. Yeah. So you either got good, got dead, or kept your fucking mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but it sounds barbaric in today's day and age, but then you realize that, you know, they're putting kids on the front lines now. Yep. Not just that. Could you imagine? I'll put it this way. Could you imagine in the in the 50s, right? 50s, 60s, hell, even the all the way up to the 70s or 80s. Could you imagine what would have happened if parents like that one school found over 400 sexually explicit books for children below the age of 11? Well, let's, you know. <laughs> but see, that's what a man does. That's what any, okay, look. I'm going to use this because, you know, people, people are going to say, well, you're, you're ignoring women or you're chauvinist. No, women have the same fucking responsibility in some regards to protect your children to protect your family, to protect your loved ones. But it's our job to make sure it never gets that bad. Right? Because if it does, that means we failed. We And not necessarily, it's, I'm not saying it's our fault, but that means that we failed at one of our jobs. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, I mean, let, let's face it. Men are only praised when they exhibit feminine traits right now. Well, I'm fucked. Well, I have well, long hair. Does that count? No. What I'm talking yeah. about, is, let, let's look at this in, in its simplest method, right? 
if you see here and you have you have a a man who is stoic and brave and isn't afraid that to get in a conflict isn't afraid of being the monster right that's toxic masculinity okay i we we can do that but let's be honest sit here and if you sit here if you sit here and you talk about but you know men get bashed for that however if you sit here and you get in touch with your feminine side if you get in touch with your feminine side what happens you sit here and you are essentially acting more female and you're a hero oh he you know, he he's so gentle and 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 uh feminine and, and and delicate and soft and sweet and you know what i know how i'm going to do this i'm going to sit here and i'm going to play a little clip from jordan peterson because this should be our response. Let me know if you can hear it in the thing. The things I tell young men, well, and young women as well, but the young men really need to hear this more, I think, is that you should be a monster. You know, because everyone says, well, you should be harmless, virtuous. You shouldn't do anyone any harm. You should sheath your competitive instinct. You shouldn't try to win. You know, you, you don't want to be too aggressive. You don't want to be too assertive. You want to take a back seat and all of that. It's like, no, wrong. You should be a monster, an absolute monster, and then you should learn how to control it. Being aggressive, that means you are ready to attack. As I always point out, this doesn't mean you walk around with your chest puffed out, ready to bang heads with everyone around you. It doesn't mean you confront people physically or mentally head on without a tactically superior plan. No. What it does mean is that you are going to get after it. You are going to move fast. You are going to think fast. You are going to outthink and outmaneuver the enemy. If I think the enemy is going to attack me, I'm going to attack them first. If I think they are going to seize a piece of terrain, I am going to be there waiting for them. If I think the enemy is going to flank me too late, I'm already flanking them. I view aggression as a fire in your mind that says, I am going to win. So, the the second part was Jocko Willenick. And uh, basically, it is the concept of being a monster, a violent individual, a beast. And then controlling that beast. That is the essence of a man. Is the ability to go out and commit great acts of violence for that which he believes. And then the ability to control it. Women are the other way around. They are brought up. They are, they are learn control from birth. They understand control on a level that we do not. And then they build themselves into monsters by their very nature. Men, boys, are born aggressive. 
were born monsters. You cannot tell me that you are a good person if you do not know the depths to the evils of which you are capable of. Because if you don't know how much evil you are capable of, then you are not able to tell me that you are a good person. Not only that, you can't even say you're peaceful. You can't even say that you're a control. No, what you are is impotent. Harmless. You are harmless. What's that phrase that I like to use a lot? Uh, it's uh, Many people take peaceful uh, a peaceful man for a man that is incapable of violence. A peaceful man is a man capable of unspeakable acts in order to protect their family, their loved ones, and things that they hold dear, as well as their principles. A man that is incapable of violence is impotent. A man that is only capable of violence is a barbarian. Yeah. Yeah, you're harmless. If you, if you cannot commit acts of violence for that which you believe, for that which is right, and I'm not talking about what society says is right. I'm talking about when you know what is right. We live in a society which has thrown all of that bullshit into your head about, hey, this is, this is what we believe in. This is what, you know, this, this is right or that is right or that is right or find your own truth. Relative truth. It's different for everyone. That is bullshit. And in your core of being, you know it's bullshit. What that whole ideology of truth is reality as I perceive it? Yeah. Is bullshit. You need to sit here and take a fucking stand. What's right is right, even if no one is doing it. And wrong is wrong, even if everyone is doing it. Don't believe me? Let's look at the history of this country itself. They saw that slavery was wrong, and they fucking stood against it at the cost of blood. They stood against it. To stop it, even though it was legal, they stood up and said, this is wrong, even if it's legal. In Germany, the resistance people during World War II stood up knowing that what was going on in Germany was legal. They stood up against it. Corey Tenenbaum, who hid Jews, no one was asking her to be to beat Jews. Nobody was asking her to turn them in. Nobody was asking her to mistreat them. She hid them because it was the right thing to do. She could have gone about and been a couch Nazi. She could have gone and lived a happy life. But she decided to hide Jews in her home and when she was discovered, she went to the prison camps and suffered with them. And did not complain. Why? Because she understood. Now I know we weren't going to talk about the woman's side. But sometimes men need an easier target than Superman. If that woman is going to sit here and stand up for what she believed in. Men, where the fuck are you? She stood up for, for one of our favorite phrases. We've used it a lot on our on our podcast. It's for the principle of the matter. Yes. So people ask you, are you going to stand against the evil that you see in this world? I don't give a fuck if it's popular. I don't give a fuck if it makes you lose friends. 
Because the world is not determined and not changed by those who go with the flow. The world has changed. History is altered by those that form the wall. That those who take action. Will you be hated if you're doing what is right when the whole world says it's wrong? Yes, you will be fucking hated. Will you be persecuted because you stand for an absolute truth? Fucking A, you're going to be persecuted. Are you going to suffer? Look at the world and tell me that you won't. If you stand up, if you stand up and you don't cry persecution, even though you are, you are being a man. You are doing what is right. If you sit here and claim that you are persecuted and that you are the victimized and the oppressed, and yet the media is on your side, the government is on your side, and the laws are on your side, you are not oppressed, you are the oppressor. Period. Not only that, you do not get the right to stand up. Uh, one thing, you do not get the right to stand up and claim to be a victim when it is literally the consequences of your own actions. Yeah. Being held accountable for what you have done. You do not get to claim the moral high ground if you are the one that is causing the damage. If you don't get to claim all of these things that you're a victim, if the system is in your favor, if the system is pushing, and I don't mean just fair, like we're on the same level type of thing. I'm talking about you want special privileges. It is amazing to me how many people said we just wanted to be treated equal. And when I point out what rights do I have that you do not have and you can't give them to me, but you have a list of <laughs> demands that I must comply, you want special, not equal rights, and you want to hold my freedom and my voice and my rights and my liberty hostage until you get them? Fuck you. Period. War. Yeah, war. Sorry, I'm trying to remember his name, the, the guy that says you want to tell us that we're... That was Andrew Timothy. Breitbart. You want to tell us we're Timothy McVeigh? You want to tell us that we're, you know... It's like, well, you want war? Or fuck you, war. So That's the thing. Sometimes you have to stand up for what is right, regardless of if it's popular or not. That's called integrity. That's a very important part of being a man. Being a functional member of society is integrity. But is the integrity of doing what needs to be done, doing what you have to do, the discipline to do it every day. Every day, even when no one is watching, even when there's not a podcast, even when there's not, even when there's no likes or follows or subscribers or gifts or emojis or clout. Integrity Means. is doing what's right when nobody else sees it. That doesn't mean you're perfect. You're gonna fuck up. Oh fuck, People no. fuck up. Here here's here's the here when we look at the world today and we see that people are suffering and we look into the world today and we see 
all of this horrible shit, and it seems like we're being divided. That beast within you, that monster within you, it's going to want to crack that cage. And it's going to start out small. Oh, yeah. A little bit of hate. A little bit of rage. And most people, weak people, can put it in the box. Because their box is nice and sturdy and every once in a while they open up the door to play with the darkness. But those of us who are monsters, those of us who know what evil we're actually capable of, those of us who sit here and fight the rage and the anger every day, understand that that beast, that monster, beats that fucking cage. And occasionally a crack gets through. Yep. And hate and rage are a spirit. And they grow and they consume and they spread. <sighs> yeah, um, yeah, uh, fuck it, you're going to make me do it. It's like Yoda. <laughs> Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to the dark side. If you're already in contact with your monster, you're already on that dark side. And it requires a constant vigil. A constant lookout. That that rage and that's, that hate doesn't spread and grow and consume you. Because it does very quickly. And, and that's not even to say that that hate that you have may not be justified. You know, that hate, that rage, that anger you have may very well be justified. But if you allow it to consume you. And it'll spread to other areas. If you don't keep a, tri a, a tight check a tight grip on that hatred and that rage. It could go and here, let's, let's just pick a random group of people. Okay. No, no, you know what? Use me as an example, right? You and I had a long, uh, I had a heart to heart talk earlier because I made a statement. I said, you know, all the way up until the last several years, I never had any racist tendencies. I never hated anyone based on the color of their skin, but I've gotten to the point where I've been, attacked i've been i've been physically assaulted i've been cheated uh, by a certain group of people and now every time i see that particular kind of person coming towards me i get leery i get worried because the natural progression no matter how strong you are is when you get when you're abused for so long you start to fear something when you fear it long enough you start to hate it and that hate very quickly consumes you. Yep. And it and we spreads that to other groups. Yeah. Say, uh, and the media and the government and the world events around you that you're force-fed. Facebook has said that its algorithms are, des are designed to focus on what you interact with the most. And they found out that fear and anger articles, stuff that triggers an emotional response, gives them the best interaction time. The longer you stay on the app, the more money they make. <clears throat> so they seek to divide you. Look at the divides right now. Vaxxed, unvaxxed, black, white, rich, poor, left, right, right light. straight, <laughs> gay, LGBTQI+, plus, blah, 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 alphabet mafia, right? They're even going after, you know, within each of those sections people are split. You know, if you do black, you have 
conservative blacks versus non-conservative blacks. And you have, you know, in the LGBT community, it's not just against straights anymore. Now you have lesbians versus the transgender because the lesbians want to know what happened to the women and the transgenders say that if you don't sleep with a dude who thinks he's a chick you're not a lesbian and you're trans exclusionary radical feminist turf by the way you know sit here and we split is that what it means yeah if we well here i was just thinking surfing turf no no so (laughs) so you sit here and you know you've got people fighting on micro levels and they dehumanize they it's programmed to make you think of the other person as less than human and we've seen examples in which that goes horribly wrong throughout all of history horribly wrong and people want to sit here and they want to get they they they're not looking at the bigger picture they're looking at what is fed to them through their electronic leash through their tracking device, the mark of the beast, their phone, their computers, their social media platform, right? They're fed it every day, day in and day out. And it makes it so easy to be afraid because of what's going on in the world. COVID, war with Russia, war with China, all of these things. Then you have the dehumanizing of the people that they want you to think are your enemies. And that hate grows. And it starts to to bloom. And we refer to it as othering. Yeah. You other your opponent. Your enemy becomes your enemy. You went from, "Eh, I don't don't agree with them, to, fuck it, I hope they burn in hell type of discussion within years. I mean, I have seen people that I didn't agree with, but never once did I want to go, I hope you fucking burn in hell. Uh, Okay, I take that back. I do have one category with which I will make no apologies for hating them and wish that they burn an eternal damnation hellfire. You mean the island boys? Uh, fucking child <laughs> predators. Yes, all of them. I <laughs> I have glass rod, napalm, and a ball paint hammer, and I'll let your imagination take care of what I would do with them. So I hey, hey, you're nicer than I am. I say tar, feather, light them on fire, and then draw them before you know between uh, four quarter horses. Okay. Mine lasts longer. <laughs> no, mine lasts longer. And it burns forever. So anyhow, so we sit here and we we get to this point where we hate these people. But then it comes to if you don't agree with me on everything, then I can't trust you. If you what? don't agree with me on everything, I start to hate you too. If we have differing opinions on certain things, and if you look at it, there's big divides and then there's little divides. But those little divides get significantly bigger as time progresses. I'm because like, hold on a second. Wade wedges in there. But I'm gonna I'm 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 say something. Don't take it the wrong way, Odin. I agree with you on most everything you said except for one thing. What? There are some things that if we disagree on, some things between me and any individual, and I don't care who it is that we disagree on, if you take a certain stance on it, I will not trust you. Uh, okay. I don't mean trust. What I mean is that human. Okay. I get what you're saying. Well, like, you know, and like that's there the are people, there are people that I don't trust with certain things that I love. 
but I'm not going to trust them with certain things because of stances that they have or because of circumstances going on in their life or all of these things. I'm not going to tell everybody my secrets all the time. It just, you know. He's trying to say that he doesn't trust me with a vodka bottle, okay? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't trust me with a vodka bottle. <laughs> but no, think about it, though. We, we've gotten a little bit off topic there, but no, we what it needs to be. Well, some people are going to get a little lost here. I want to draw it back just a little bit. Being able to differentiate that, being able to, to realize that you can have differing opinions you can agree to disagree agreeably. You can understand that your rights, everyone has the right to their opinion, whether it be right or wrong. It does not give you a reason to hate them. Fair. But there are some things that are okay to hate. Also fair. So what does a man do? We've made a comment that men are capable, true men, are capable of violence, but they decide to leash it because that is what is proper behavior. You cannot be the barbarian that is always attacking everything, but you can't be the harmless field mouse that's a doormat. Also fair. I like to refer to it as being a savage gentleman. Okay. A, a person that, it, that you can trust that would give you the shirt off of his back that has the goal of the end goal of their life being that the world is a better place for them having been in it. But on the same note that if you cross that line, you cross the, the bloodline, you, you cross that blood rock, then they will fight tooth and nail for what they believe and what they believe is right. I'm going to be honest with you. There are times when it gets really difficult. To differentiate when that is? Yeah, to, to know when that line is. If somebody sits here and attacks you and besmirches your character and uses your trauma against you, everything within your being wants you to fight back. It wants you to fuck them up. And some of us get really close to that line in an ability to sit here and uh, the sit here and, uh, you know, get close to that line to sate that bloodlust. For example, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drop any names, but there are a group of individuals that hurt me really bad and they brought up my past trauma. I looked up them through the internet and I created a Google file with all of their secrets, all of their contact information for their spouses, for their boyfriends and girlfriends and everything. And I looked them all up and I put them on a file and I was waiting. And my wife, who is probably the only reason that I'm not in jail, sits here and says, are they worth it? Are they worth destroying the integrity that you have with other people that would see this as an atrocious act. And it, the answer was no. I still have it, but it's like, I'm not going to publish it on TikTok one because I'm not on TikTok, but I could drop it to, you know, their spouses 
I'm not going to. You know, I'm not provoked like that. You know, everybody has secrets and everybody has skeletons and all of these things. And I'm really good at looking them up. And it is that in which I am dangerous, right? It is that with which I sit here and I have to pull myself back and harness that creature, that beast, that monster and go, this line, you know, we talk about bloodlines, but bloodlines work both ways. The government can only push me. My enemies can only push me so far. And then I have a blood rock upon which before you must cross it, my blood must be spilled. But blood rocks work the other way. I will not cross this line. Will not cross this line. That is my blood rock. Because to do so, and I have several of them. One of them is the evil, you know, the lawful evil guy who wants to go, you know, pull it from the D&D terms, who wants to destroy everybody who's ever pissed them off, right, by exposing all of their secrets. Then there is the, I want to go tear into people who have done wrong, right? There is the, I cannot let my monster loose because I know that the moment that I let my monster loose, it will destroy who I am. That that quote that I used in the video that talks about the man who just wanted to be left alone. And that's one thing that a man has, is he has boundaries. He knows what is acceptable behavior. He knows what he is capable of. And he decides to not release that beast. Right. They are his boundaries. A good man does not need boundaries. Or, sorry, a good person does not need boundaries, but a real man does. And they are self-imposed because they are the lines with which he cannot cross and still stay the same person. Because it would be easier. I mean, let's think about it. Let's just use an example. It would be easier if, uh, you know, you would listen to me at the beginning instead of making sure that I didn't cross my own bloodline and release it. It, it is easier to attack and destroy somebody that is attacking you, and the consequences be damned. I'm but, a man, but a man sits there and realizes that for every action, there is a consequence. My personal gratification and my satisfaction at watching these people burn cannot outweigh the potential collateral damage that it would cause to people that I respect, to people who have done nothing wrong to me, or to the message that I am trying to spread. Yeah. I look at it. And that's the difference between a man and an animal. I look at it this way. A master can spend thousands of hours on a piece of art. And a brigand, a bad man, takes but an hour to destroy it. I refuse. As the master of who I am, of I am the master that is building through every awful fucking thing that has ever happened to me in my life, built myself up to a man who is loved by his wife, that is loved by his children, and feared by my enemies, and I am okay with that. That is the artwork that I am constantly working to perfect. I refuse to let people who are beneath me, people who have no 
actual value to me, people who have no effect upon my life, destroy me in one hour. Fuck those people. However, if you come for me in mind, stand by to stand by, motherfucker, because I'll destroy you. Just say it. Uh, and see, that's another interesting thing that I, I think about men that is different than boys, than people pretending. A man, once that level is crossed, he has kept the beast in, he's, he's kept it locked up, he knows what he's capable of until that line is crossed, but when it is crossed, there is no remorse, there is no regret. It's, how to say it? I keep my monster in check, but every morning I woke up and wished a motherfucker would. Fair. Well, it's like, but I know that that's a, but on the same note, I also denigrate myself for that because I sit there and go, and I chide myself over it because I realize that is not a proper, that is not a proper behavior for a man. A man should not go looking for violence. A man should never start a fight. He should goddamn finish it. Agreed. That is the one rule I have with my children. So my father taught me is like, you know, two, two rules that I, okay, look, my father has dementia, doesn't know who I am half the time anymore. Hasn't, he can't walk on his own, but I swear I will never lay hands on a woman and I will never start a fight if I don't have to, because I'm pretty for sure he will still crawl up and beat my ass. <laughs> and I love him for it. I have two rules for my children and they're very simple. I can forgive you for anything you ever do. Don't ever lie to me, and don't start a fight. You can sure as fuck finish one. <clears throat> Never going to be perfect, but you could try. See, the most important steps a man can take is not his first step, and it's not even the last step. The most important steps a man can take is the next one. Yes, do the next right thing. As, and that's what I think... My biggest problem with this, this generation is my generation and the generation that came after me, they're so used to personal gratification, instant gratification. There's no need to be to, to hold yourself in check. There's no need to leash the beast, so to speak, because there are no actual consequences for it. Yeah. All right. So I think because we're at about an hour. I'm, we're going to sign off, and then I'm going to let a poem play. It is the essence of a man looked through somebody who existed in a time before society got to the point it is. If you do not know who Rudyard Kipling is, I suggest that you read the poem If. If you want to know what manhood used to be thought of. So we're going to sign out, and then I'm going to let it play. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Winter's Call. I'm Odin. This is Tyr. And here we go. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting, too. If you can wait 
and not be tired by waiting or being lied about. Don't deal in lies or being hated. Don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose, and start again at your beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with sixty seconds worth of distance run, Yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and, which is more, you'll be a man, my son. The preceding podcast is brought to you by Heimdall, Keeper of the Bifrost.